What's up, wrestling fam? This is your host, I'm Led. Welcome back to another episode. You guys, I've missed you. It's been two weeks since I last dropped an episode. If you guys didn't listen to my last episode, I kind of let you know that I was kicking around the idea of switching to bi-weekly episodes, and I decided to do that just because it's the holiday season, it's getting really busy, and I've just been a little bit overwhelmed lately. I'm dealing with some personal shit. My car just got stolen for the second time in like two years, and I won't even get into the details of that, but it's very frustrating and stressful and overwhelming, and I'm dealing with all of that fallout. I've also been like trying so freaking hard to buy a house and it's just not happening. And to be honest, you guys, I've just been feeling anxious and overwhelmed and kind of lost. And I just need to like take a second for myself to just reconnect with myself and make sure that, you know, I'm I'm taking care of me. And although this is therapy and I absolutely love talking to you guys in this way, I just can't promise that I'm going to be consistent right now because honestly, I'm just kind of going through it. I feel like one bad thing kind of keeps happening after another, and I keep having to remind myself that everything happens for a reason, but I also have to let myself feel my emotions and process these things. Like We always talk about that on the podcast, right? Like It's so important not to pretend like nothing's happening when things are going badly, like toxic positivity does nothing. It's good to have a positive mindset, but like you also have to be a realist, right? And you have to know when to take breaks. You have to know when to slow down. You have to know when to step back. And to be honest, I've been running a bazillion miles an hour between this podcast and my job and just all the other things that I have going on in my personal life, my family, my friends. So yeah, that is just like part of what's going on with me. I did want to pop on today though and get some stuff off my chest. I really want to talk about love. I really want to talk about relationships. And the reason why is because I told you in the last episode, I'm recently single. I was in a quick little relationship for about a month. We broke up maybe a month and a half, two months ago by the time you guys hear this. And I'm back to my single girl era. Before this last relationship, I had been single for about a full year. And that was really the first time that I had taken time to be single in like the last 10 years or so. Like I had been quite a relationship girly literally since I was 16. Like I had my first boyfriend at 16 and then was just kind of in back-to-back relationships since then. And I've always just kind of been a hopeless romantic. Like I grew up around two parents who are so incredibly deeply in love to this day. They've been married for 35 years. They're still best friends. And they modeled such an incredibly beautiful love to me and my siblings growing up. And being around that, I feel like I was just always like, damn, I want that for myself. Like, when can that be me? So I found myself just always looking for that. And today I just wanted to talk to you guys about what I have learned in all this time that I've been in relationships, what I've learned being single, what I learned in my last relationship that was really the first time that I experienced healthy adult love. And I just have so many unique perspectives for, I think, a 26-year-old in this world on what healthy love looks like. And I just want to share it with you. And a lot of this is going to be what not to do 
like I'm not a relationship guru. I don't think that I've cracked the code on relationships. I'm not trying to act like I know how to have a lasting marriage because I've never been married. I'm 26. Like I'm not ignorant to the fact that I'm young, right? But I do feel like I have a lot of valuable insight, things that I've learned the hard way. And now I'm being just like very conscious of how to have a healthy relationship. And I want to freaking talk to you guys about it, okay? So this is going to be a little bit different of an episode than what we normally do. You guys know I do a little bit of research. I tie psychology and my life experiences together to bring you my insights, but we're going straight off of my vibes today, okay? We're going straight off of my relationship history, and I'm just going to tell you like how I am approaching love these days in the hopes that if you're single or maybe you're in a toxic relationship, that this can kind of like save you from some of the heartache that I've gone through as I'm trying to find love. So let's dig into it, y'all. So really the biggest thing that I've learned is how dangerous codependency can be. And if you don't know what being codependent means, it's like basically when you fall in love with someone, you fall in love so hard and get attached so deeply that like without them, you're not okay. Or if they're not okay, you're not okay. Like you literally just absorb that person as part of you. And there's definitely such a thing as healthy attachment, but really how to overcome codependency is by having extremely, extremely healthy boundaries. In my last relationship, I was, well, not my last relationship, my six-year relationship, um, I was just so incredibly head over heels in love with the person that I was dating. He was my absolute best friend. I called him the boy version of me. We had the best time together. We were so similar. He felt like home to me. Like that's what he felt like. And I would not take that relationship back for anything. Like I never loved anyone like I loved him. I don't know if I ever will. Like it was just a very special connection. But we met when we were literally 18 years old and we knew nothing about healthy love and we hadn't done any of the work on ourselves to heal from our own childhood wounds and trauma and baggage. And we went through a lot together. Like I lost multiple family members while we were dating. He comforted me through that. I supported him through some of his really personal and intimate struggles and trauma bonding was really the reason why we were so connected. And if you don't know what trauma bonding is, it's basically like when you go through traumatic experiences with someone, it kind of creates this illusion of closeness or intimacy because you've survived and overcome really difficult things together. And it can be really hard to break those bonds because there's like this illusion of, of closeness and safety and that like you need them to be okay because they've been your rock in the past. So I had a lot of just like really unhealthy attachment to this person. We really didn't have good boundaries. There was a lot of expectation that was put on each other. And in result of that came a lot of resentment. And that is the danger of codependency. Like when you completely rely on someone else to bring you happiness, to bring you peace, to bring you joy, and they become your source of that it's so incredibly easy to resent them when they don't show up perfectly for you or they don't give you that feeling that you want to feel or they don't drop everything the moment you need something. And then the relationship is just completely toxic and you have unrealistic expectations for each other and basically it can just blow up in your face really, really freaking fast. So 
Codependency is just the main thing that I have learned does not work. If you want to have a healthy relationship, it's just so important to have healthy boundaries. And that's going to look different for everybody because everybody's different. Everybody has different standards and and things that they want out of a relationship. And that's going to have to come through really healthy communication, a really direct establishment of like, okay, this is where the line is drawn on certain things for each of us. This is what's okay and what isn't. This is the space that I need and this is the space that you need. And we're going to mutually respect each other's space and boundaries in this way. And again, that's going to look different for everybody, but like, that's just something that needs to be discussed at some point in your relationship. Man, another thing that I've learned, and I'm going to go on a rant for a minute, is just how dangerous it is to introduce sex into your relationship really early and to build a foundation on sex with somebody. So, I mean, you see situationships in our culture all the freaking time. Like that is kind of the main thing I would say that most people, most younger people are doing these days. Everyone is meeting on dating apps and jumping into bed together. And there's like this really gray area of like, what are we? Are we boyfriend, girlfriend? Are we talking? Are we just dating? Are we seeing other people? And there's just like no sense of loyalty. There's not really mature conversations that usually happen. There's usually one person who seems to be chasing the other person. And it's just a big fat freaking mess. And Obviously, if you're in the phase of your life where you're not ready to commit and you just want to do your own thing and you're being honest with people around you about that fact, then that's none of my business. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life or tell you when to have sex, when not to have sex. Like That is completely your call and up to you. And I hope that you're being honest with the people in your life about where you're at and what you're ready for. But if you are ready for healthy love, if you are ready to build an everlasting connection with somebody, Jumping into bed with them right away is just a recipe for disaster. It's out there everywhere. It's on the internet. It's on social media. You can go look this up in your own time if you want to. And I don't have direct sources to quote right now. But when you sleep with someone, you are exchanging bonding chemicals with them. I'm talking oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, all of these chemicals that make us feel amazing, but literally bond us with the person that we are sleeping with. And women and men actually fall in love differently. So women, jumping into bed with him is especially dangerous for us. Jumping into bed with someone is especially dangerous for us really early because we fall in love differently than men. So women fall in love through sex, through that bonding chemical of oxytocin. If you've ever slept with a man and before you slept with him, like you thought he was okay, but then you started sleeping together and now you feel like incredibly hooked on him. That's because of that oxytocin, that bonding. So that naturally makes us attached and crave intimacy and closeness. Men don't fall in love this way. Men actually fall in love through a chemical called vasopressin. And vasopressin is released when men make promises to us and then keep those promises through providing for us, through basically solving problems. So the more problems that you can give him to solve, and I'm not talking like toxic problems, I'm talking like practical things that he can overcome to provide for you, to step up for you, that's how he is going to fall in love. So that's through, hey, babe, can you do this for me? And he does it for you. 
or, hey, I really value your, your opinion in this way. Like, can you tell me what you think about this? And then you do whatever his opinion is. Like, these are the things that men fall in love with. And it's over time. It takes time for both men and women to fall in love in these ways. So women, especially for you, if you're trying to build a healthy attachment, take sex off the table at first, okay? And men alike, I, I just really think that, you know, these chemicals, they fire for you too. So if we can take sex off the table in the beginning and not introduce all of these crazy chemicals into the picture, it helps us to really use logic and reasoning when we are choosing a partner and we're able to look for compatibility and kind of measure like, okay, how am I really getting along with this person? Like, do we actually have stuff in common? Do we have a lot of things compatibly in common, <laughs> compatibly in common. I don't know if that's a word. Do we have a lot of things that, you know, um, complement each other? You know, do we work well as a team? Do we have the same goals? Do we have this, have the same values? Do we want the same things out of life? That is really how you need to approach a relationship because guess what, you guys, one day we're all going to be old and wrinkly and that sexual spark will fade. Like, Sometimes you see 80-year-olds still having sex and that's the goal, like that's the dream, right? But we all know that that's not the driving force of intimacy throughout life. It's emotional connection. So if you can slow down with that guy or girl that you're really excited about, you can really take the time to get to know them, to know their emotional baggage, to know how they see themselves in the world where your goals and your ambitions align and where they don't. And you can truly get to know that person for what they are rather than putting them up on a pedestal because you have all these crazy chemicals happening for them. I guarantee you that that is going to help you to suss people out so much better and see the red flags way earlier on, okay? The other thing about sleeping with someone is that obviously causes attachment, right? And we can really mistake that feeling of attachment for being in love. A lot of times when you see people in the honeymoon phase or like the head over heels phase, they're usually sleeping together. And it's that rush of chemicals. It's that, oh my God, we're so attached. We're so bonded. We're so incredibly sometimes codependent. Like we're so into each other because all these crazy chemicals are happening. And then eventually, something changes, something shifts, you know, maybe that chemistry flattens out a little bit. And that's when you see the honeymoon phase start to be over. And don't get me wrong. I know that it's like an electric feeling. Trust me, I've been there. And I think being in love is such an amazing, amazing feeling. And so is, you know, having that intimacy with someone like it really is a beautiful thing. This isn't to say that sex is bad, but as an adult and being mature, it's just so important to know when that is and isn't a good idea to bring that in the picture. And again, whatever that looks like for you, whatever is true to you about when sex should or shouldn't be introduced into the picture, you know, you might have some religious beliefs that cause you to want to wait until marriage. That's actually how I was raised, but that's not my current philosophy on it. You know, for me, it's emotional connection and wanting to sleep with someone that I can see a future with. I'm not necessarily waiting until marriage, but it's different for everybody and there's no right way to do it. But what I'm telling you is literally just science and psychology. And it's been proven that when people jump into bed together and build a foundation off of sex, it usually does not lead to a lasting partnership. And that's not to say it never does, but more often than not, it doesn't. So, so far, codependency not good. It's so important to have 
healthy, healthy boundaries. Number two, the situationship thing. No bueno. No bueno, babe. Hopping into bed together. No bueno. Try to delay sex as long as you can. Obviously, if you're attracted to someone, the vibe is there. You're into them. There's probably going to be a point where it's hard to do that. But seriously, I just really think that the best connections are not built on the physical. The next thing that I've really, really learned in all my relationship history is that the on and off shit is just so incredibly toxic. In almost every single relationship that I've been in, I have broken up with the person. We have kind of like had that little back and forth where, you know, they don't want it to be over and I'm not fully trusting myself. And so I go back to them for a bit or I don't trust the decision that I made. And I think, oh, well, like maybe it could change or maybe it could be better. Then I get back together with them. And every single time I don't end up staying with them. And the issue with this is basically if you decide to leave a relationship, you have at some point stop choosing that person. You have decided, okay, I can see my life without this person. I am better off without this person. That's the decision that you make when you leave someone, okay? And obviously, there's probably going to be some exceptions to this. There might be times when you just need a break or someone's going through personal stuff and you just need a breather, whatever. But basically, if you can make the choice to leave somebody, you're basically saying, I no longer choose you. And then when you get back together, you guys have already seen that leaving is an option. You know, you've considered it an option. So it's always going to be an option in the back of your mind. You've already chosen before not to love this person anymore, to not commit to this person anymore. So who's to say that you're not going to do it again? I found myself in the past being in just very confusing situations where my intuition is telling me, this is not the right relationship for you. I listened to that, but then the attachment and being afraid to be alone or missing that person is what brings me back. And when you break up with someone and there's love there, especially if you've been sleeping together, there's going to be attachment, right? Of course, you're going to miss them when you break up, right? Your body literally goes through withdrawal because all of those chemicals that I talked about earlier, you're no longer getting them. And so just like when you're weaning off a drug or you're addicted to a drug and you're not getting it anymore, your body is literally going to crave those chemicals again, those feel-good chemicals of being around them, being in their presence, talking to them. Why do you think people do the on and off shit so much? Like love is literally a drug. We know this, right? When you're aware of it, it's not to say that it becomes easier to stay away, but it is easier to then talk yourself out of these intrusive thoughts of like, oh, I need to text my ex. Oh, I need to call my ex. Oh, I need to post a thirst trap on Instagram to get my ex's attention, right? Like you just are more aware of the fact that that even exists. And so then you can kind of prepare yourself when those thoughts come up to be like, hey, no, babe, like we're not going to do that because we know that this relationship isn't good for us. We've set our standards really high. We've left for a reason. And flirting with the idea of getting back with that person, all that does is dishonor me and dishonor them and make things confusing. If you have chosen to walk away for any reason and then later you're questioning yourself, just know that that's the chemicals talking. Know that's the withdrawal talking. Know that that's not actually your spirit guiding you or your intuition. That is literally withdrawal and you are stronger than that. So you really have to use logic in these situations. 
the toxic on and off stuff, guys, it causes so much freaking damage. In my six-year relationship, we literally did the on and off stuff for like two years, two freaking years of our life where we'd be on for months and months and then we'd be off for months and months. And the picking up and putting down of a person, do not underestimate how incredibly damaging that is to the other person because you're playing with their emotions, you're giving them hope, you're making them think that it can work just to pick them up and drop them off again. And not to mention, you damage the relationship with yourself because you're not trusting your own choice. You're constantly questioning like, oh, did I make the right choice? Like maybe they could change. Maybe our vibe could change. Maybe there's hope for us. Like I can't give up the connection. Like what if it gets better? Babe, nine out of 10 times, it's not going to get better. When people show you who they are, believe them. Everybody has demons and there's a reason why things do not work out, okay? If you have made the decision to leave a relationship, trust that you made the right decision and really spend critical, critical time thinking before you ever get back in touch with them or you try to reopen things or you send them a text on a whim because you're feeling lonely. Guys, it is so, so, so much better to be lonely than to be in toxic cycles of a relationship off and on stuff where no one's committing, there's not direct honest communication, there's not openness, there's not healing, there's not working towards a shared vision of the relationship together. There's no way in which that ever turns out well, okay? And I can only say that because I've learned it the hard way, okay? Freaking trust me. So we've said codependency is unhealthy. Sex right away, unhealthy. The on and off shit, unhealthy. I also just think when you're ready to go into a relationship, a serious relationship, it is just so important to take the time to be alone for a bit and to get to know yourself. I told you that I was back-to-back relationship girly for so long. Being in my single girl era for the last year, being in therapy for the last year, and really confronting my demons and looking at my baggage and being so honest with myself about how I wasn't a good partner, like the ways that I could have been better in my last relationships, how you know I had these toxic traits, this unhealed stuff that I was bringing from one relationship to the next. It really, really helped me to have a come to Jesus moment where I'm like, okay, before I get into my next relationship, these are the ways that I need to improve myself and heal myself. I recognized that I was looking for validation from my partner really strongly. There's that codependency coming out again. I was setting incredibly high expectations for my partner that they could not meet. I was putting my needs a lot of times above what they were realistically able to give. And there were also times where I was putting their needs above mine in a way that did not allow me to take care of myself. And honestly, the list could go on and on. There's a lot that I learned about myself in that time being alone. But my point is, if you do not take the time to sit with yourself and sit with your demons and have a really honest conversation or multiple conversations with yourself about the way that you are showing up in your relationships, and this could even be like, not even in romantic relationships, like your platonic relationships as well. If you're not being so honest with yourself about how you could be better, ways that you can improve, your toxic traits, et cetera, you don't really know yourself, babe. Like you really don't. And you're losing yourself in another person. 
if you've always had that mindset of like, I got to find the next relationship, I got to find the next relationship, like wanting it so bad that you can't even be alone. Okay, that's a problem. Okay. And if, if that's you, go back and listen to one of the first episodes that I ever recorded. It's called Being Alone Shouldn't Feel Lonely. And in that episode, I really dive deep into why we don't want to be alone as humans and why it's really bad when we avoid a season of singleness. I strongly recommend if you've never taken time to be by yourself, really, really do that and go back and listen to that episode I'm telling you. So codependency, unhealthy, sleeping together really, really quickly, not healthy, doing the on and off shit, not healthy, okay? And not having your season of singleness, not being alone for a while and confronting your demons, also really, really, really not healthy. The last little nugget of wisdom that I want to leave you guys with, and honestly, I could probably go on forever about all of the lessons that I've learned the really freaking hard way when it comes to relationships. But the last thing that I'll leave you with is how important it is to set standards for yourself about what you will and will not accept in someone else and what you're looking for, okay? Trust me, this is for men and women alike. When you know yourself and you know what you're looking for, it really, really helps narrow down the dating search, the dating pool. It helps you to get picky. It helps you to hold yourself to a higher standard. And it really saves you a lot of freaking time because you're not wasting time going on dates or hanging out with people where there's actually not marriage potential or long-term potential. However, you see your long-term relationship going, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for healthy love. So for me personally, there are there's a long, long laundry list of things that I look for in a partner. But if I had to boil it down to the very top three, the very first thing that is a non-negotiable for me in a man is emotional depth, emotional safety. Any man that I will ever get involved with has to know himself. He has to have met himself as deeply as I've met myself. So that means he's done the inner work. He's confronted his demons. He's healed from his past. I'm not saying he's perfect, but he's aware of his own flaws, just like I am. He knows what he has to do to take care of his mental health. You know, I will not be with someone whose mental health is not in a good place. I have done the trying to fix someone else thing before in my life, and it does not work. It's not my place to fix someone else. That's their responsibility. I need a man who knows himself, knows his emotions, and can hold space for mine. We need to be able to have emotionally deep conversations. We need to be able to be honest with each other. We need to have really open, healthy communication. That is a non-freaking negotiable for me. Non-freaking negotiable, okay? The second thing, this man has to be so driven. He has to be a boss. He has to have goals. He has to have ambition. I'm not saying he needs to be a doctor or a lawyer. I don't care what it is. He just has to have something that lights him the frick up, okay? That gives him purpose, that fuels him, that makes him excited to get out of bed every single day. Me, you guys, I'm a boss girl, okay? I'm on my boss girl shit. I always have been. I need someone who matches me equally in that way, someone who pushes me, someone who inspires me, you know, someone who like we can bounce our ideas off each other and we can make each other be the best freaking versions of each other because we both have that same drive and tenacity for life, you know? 
And the third thing that I just absolutely cannot do without is somebody who speaks my love languages. I am a words of affirmation girly. I'm a physical touch girly. Those are my top two love languages. And it's not my fault, okay? I grew up in a very loving home where my parents were always speaking kind words over me. We were always very lovey, hugs like crazy, just making each other feel so loved. And that is what I grew up with. Like I literally can't do without it. I'm such a touchy feely person in general. Like I need to be in someone's skin. Like physical touch is everything. Words of affirmation are everything. I love that way. And that's how I receive love as well. And that's just really important for me to feel loved. And so these three things, it's not everything that I look for, but I know that if a man does not have those three things, then I will not be speaking to him. I will not be wasting my time with him. And that's not to say that he's not a great guy. I'm sure he is a great guy. I'm sure there's a lot of great guys out there that don't fit this description and that's fine. But for me personally, I know from my experiences that that is what I need to have a foundation of healthy, healthy love. What is it for you, babe? What is your list? Have you even thought about it? Have you literally written down what you're looking for in someone? What are your non-negotiables? Have you had that conversation with yourself? It might sound silly, but it's actually kind of fun. Like literally grab a pen and a paper, write out what you're looking for, what things you will not look past, okay? Also write down your red flags. Like I have quite a few red flags that if I see them in someone, I will run the other way. I will not give them the time of day. Trust me when I say, that you are the prize, and this is for both men and women alike, okay? Have high self-worth. Have high standards. Do not bend the rules and think, oh, like this person's really good looking or they're really funny or like they have these really great things about them and ignore glaring red flags right in front of your face. Like pay attention to how people make you feel. Like, yeah, they could be an amazing person, They could be an amazing person, but if they make you feel like shit about yourself, what the frick are you doing around them? If they don't make you feel amazing and they're leaving you feeling confused, they're not direct with what they want, they're kind of dragging you along, they're kind of wishy-washy, babe, what are you doing? Like you just deserve so much better than that, okay? So make sure that you know your worth, make sure that you know what you're looking for and approach relationships with intention, with intention. It is so easy to settle and to look past things about other people because you don't want to be alone. Trust me, I have been there. I have made that mistake many, many times before. Your intuition never lies to you, okay? If something is off about someone, if there's even a little tiny thing about them that you're like, hmm, I'm not really sure if I like that. I'm not really sure if I like how they make me feel. I'm not really sure if I like how they carry themselves. Like, I really didn't like how they just interacted with that waiter. I didn't like how they interacted with that stranger on the street. I didn't like that comment that they just made to me that like seemed like a joke, but it actually hurt my feelings. Guys, do not make excuses for people, okay? At the end of the day, all you have is yourself. And honestly, the person that you end up with in life is arguably the most important decision that you will ever make in your life goddamn life. I'm telling you, it is not one that you should take lightly. It's not something that you should rush into. You see a lot of people getting married really, really, really young because that is what society has showed us we should do because we don't want to be in our 30s and be alone, right? 
bullshit if you ask me bullshit and that's not talking shit on me when they get married young i've seen it work with many people but for most people rushing into things doing things because you think you should do them and not being 100% sure just make sure that you're going into things because they're true to you and true to what you want and because you feel good and you feel 100% confident okay You guys, I could rant forever about relationships and love. I love love. I love love so much. And I'm very much in an era now where I got a little taste of healthy love. And now I'm like, oh my God, like bring it freaking on. Like I'm ready. I'm ready to find my boo. I'm ready to find my person. I want my my guy to do all that fun, cute shit with, to build a life together, to push each other, to grow together. But I am completely content on my own in the meantime. I have done the single girl thing for a long time. I don't want to do it forever. I'm not trying to do it forever, but I'm perfectly fine with doing it for a little bit longer because that means that that's going to invite the right person in, okay? I'm not going to waste my time with the wrong people because I feel lonely. I'm not going to settle and I'm not going to overlook red flags and be with people because I have a couple lonely nights. Don't get me wrong. Being alone can be lonely sometimes but it should not be crippling, okay? It should not be crippling loneliness. And that is the difference, okay? You guys, I hope that this helps you think about relationships differently. Maybe I didn't say anything that you haven't already heard, but this shit is just so near and dear to my heart because it's just so important. It's so important who we choose to be our life partner. And if you're ready for healthy love, seriously, consider some of the things that I said, okay? I know I'm not God. I know I'm not Jesus. I know I'm not a relationship coach or a guru or whatever, but listen, learn from my mistakes, okay, boo? Know your worth. Know what you can and cannot accept in someone. Know your red flags. Know your non-negotiables, okay? Do not settle. Do not be codependent. Do not do the on and off shit, okay? You deserve so much better. You deserve healthy love and you will find it, but just be patient, okay? Guys, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for tuning back into another episode. Again, my name is M Led, and you're listening to the Wrestling With Life podcast. You can give me a follow on Instagram and TikTok at Wrestling With Life Pod. I haven't been posting very much on there lately, you guys. Sorry, life has just been crazy, but Any way that you want to support the podcast, you can give me a follow there. You can share this episode, leave a review, whatever you want to do. Super appreciate it, guys. Let's get out there. Let's RKO the shit out of life and keep wrestling with life. And do not freaking settle, y'all. Over and out. Oh, my God. She's dropping truck bombs all over.